When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The most exciting penultimate hardcourt matchups of the year. The Owls don't know how to lose. The Aztecs are out to avenge 2020. Miami knows that you get what you pay for, and UConn is just out here beating people down left and right. As for the ladies, Caitlin Clark is looking to spoil the season. Aaliyah Boston has a trophy to avenge. Angel Reese is still too tall for y'all. And will somebody say anything about the Virginia Tech Hokies? Let's go around the horn, kiddos. Caitlin Clark, maybe 47. I didn't know it was special. Jim Laranega is back in the Tuna Melts Final Four 17 years after his glorious run at George Mason. These Hurricanes storming through the bracket, the only team to take a one and a two seed out. Then there's UConn, who is just out here acting like the blue bloods that they are. Closest game they've played this tournament was by 15 points. Tonogo and Hawkins are problems. Harry, what is the X factor in this one and who are you favoring, sir? I think the X factor is whether Miami is going to be the best shooting team that is left in this tournament, which they are at 49%, uh, because of something that UConn does better than anybody else in this tournament, and that's get offensive rebounds. Um, And to me, because they're able to do that, that to me, when you're in the NCAA tournament like that, and you are trying to come back, and you're trying to hang with a team like a UConn that has been the clear-cut best in this tournament, all four of their games they've won by 15 points or more, those things are more debilitating than they are any other time of year. So I feel like UConn, this isn't really going to be the one that they lose unless Isaiah Wong shows up and bees and is the SACC player of the year that we know that he is. Frank Isola. You know what the U stands for? Unlimited NIL money. Jim Laranega has done an incredible job playing within the rules, building this program. They came back from 13 down with about 14 minutes left in the Elite Eight game. But this is going to be much different. UConn has been the most impressive team thus far. They've won their first four games by at least 15 points. Only 10 teams have ever done that in tournament history. It's their tournament to lose. What I love about this matchup, though, from a local perspective, Jim Laranega played for the great Jack Curran at Malloy High School in Queens. And, of course, Danny Hurley played for his dad at St. Anthony's High School in Jersey City. So we got a little new. All right, enough with the New York stuff. Woodrow Wilson-Page, your thoughts on the Final Four? Yeah, I'd rather go with the why factor. Why is UConn going to dominate this game? Because they continue to dominate teams. Beating Arkansas and Gonzaga, control in the second half. So be prepared for the fact that they just come out hard in the second half after intermission. But there are two issues that I don't think Miami can compete with. Not only do they dominate uh, right at the basket, and leading all the teams in the NCAA tournament with uh, scoring in the paint, they're 44% from the three-point line. How in the world can you prepare for that where you're trying to keep them from shooting from the outside but also going inside? So with that combination, 
and and a bench that's a lot deeper than Miami. Even though Miami may have the better set of guards, UConn has the better set of team players down the stretch. Courtney Cronin. The defensive advantage here for UConn is so pronounced. I mean, you've got a team that's 11th in adjusted efficiency, according to Ken Palm. The Hurricanes, on the other hand, are 104th. And to Woody's point about how much damage Miami has done in the second half of games, Drake, Indiana, Texas, well, they're about to run into a buzzsaw in the second half. That's where UConn has made its hay in this tournament, limiting teams to an average of 27 points on 28% shooting in the second half. And they've also outscored opponents by 67 points in the second half of this tournament. This is UConn's game to win. Frank, last word. It's amazing what UConn, though, has done in the state of Texas historically. Final Four, they've been there three times. San Antonio, Houston, and Dallas, they're 6-0. and And, of course, this Final Four is in Houston. All right, moving on to the second game. On the other side, absolutely none of you people had Brian Dutcher, San Diego State, Aztecs getting this far. But folks in Southern California remember four seasons ago when they were 30-2 and in the NCAA tournament was canceled. Even less of you had the Owls of Florida Atlantic getting this far. I'm not even sure if you knew these teams were the Aztecs and the Owls. And now one of those teams gets a shot at the national title. Who's it going to be? San Diego State or Florida Atlantic, Francis? Uh, FAU, if they were to make it, they would be the low and win two more games. They'd be the lowest seeded team to ever win the tournament. I don't think it's going to happen, though. San Diego State defensively, look at what they do. They've held their first four opponents under 65 points. They're 22-0 this season when they do that. They're just too experienced, too good defending. It'll be a tough night for FAU. Harry Lyles, Jr. I'm going Florida Atlantic. I know a lot of people think the San Diego State defense is going to be the difference in this game, but this is a Florida Atlantic team that has already beaten and come from behind against a Tennessee team that had the best defense in the country. Uh, So I'm going to take FAU because of that. Courtney Cronin. I like how you're trying to flex on all of us right now. Like, you also had San Diego State going this far, which I would like to see your bracket and make sure uh, that's, uh, that checks out. But, no, I mean, this is a bad matchup. FAU has scored 34% of its points from deep. They're running into a team that just held Alabama to 3 of 27 from three-point range and Creighton to 2 of 17 from three-point range. That's how the Aztecs win games on defense, and that's what they're going to do in this one. I've got San Diego State. Woody Page, how's your bracket looking? Uh, like everybody else is in America, you're blaming us people. I mean, you try and find me a bracket that's any good that had these four teams in the final. No chance of that. Harry, you're right. FAU is the greatest team ever in the history of Boca Raton, Florida. But how much does that mean, really? I'm going to go with San Diego State because they are, as Courtney pointed out, they have held opponents I talked about UConn shooting 44% from the three-point line. Opponents of San Diego State are shooting 17% from the three-point line. With that defense that, that shifts around, switches on players, keeps you from shooting outside, and can do the job overall defensively, I don't think there's any chance for FU. What do you, you know the rules. If you talk about other people's points, other people will get the points. And by the way, I don't fill out a bracket. It's more fun. Like Courtney did. Watch the games about that me? way. 31 Moving right along. The last time Don Staley's South Carolina Gamecocks last, lost a basketball game, it was March 6th of 2022. 
but Caitlin Clark appears to be an unstoppable force when it comes to leading her Hawkeyes past their opponents. The two clash tonight in Dallas for a trip to the title game. Courtney, is there a way that Iowa can beat the defending champs tonight? They've got the player of the year in Caitlin Clark. Sure, I will absolutely give them a chance to beat South Carolina in this game, but I have South Carolina in this game because they have the deepest bench in college basketball. Their reserves have played 45% of their minutes, scored nearly half their points, and what they're going to try to do with Caitlin Clark, if I'm drawing up the game plan, is you let her beat you from the mid-range game. Yes, she's coming off a 40-point triple-double in the Elite Eight, but that would eliminate everybody else. You can key in on everyone else and try to let Caitlin Clark only get you in that one area. I don't think it will be enough for Iowa in this match. Harry Lawless Jr., your thoughts? I'm going with South Carolina in this one. I know Caitlin Clark has had big performances against good defenses, most notably Indiana, but I think South Carolina is a different beast. We are really watching history, not even just with Caitlin Clark, who is the most exciting player in men's or women's college basketball, but this South Carolina team and their absolute dominance. I think we're going to see a lot of Zaya Cook and Bria Beal, and their names are going to be ones that are going to be big in this game because they are going to meet Caitlin Clark at the timeline and make her life extremely difficult. Frank? South Carolina has held their opponent 85 straight games now to under their season scoring average. So if I'm Caitlin Clark, I know I need to score a lot, but this is what I'm thinking. Why did you have to name me player of the year before this game? As if the defending champs are, don't have a chip on their shoulder to begin with. Now you got to tell everybody, I'm the player to stop. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I think she, she's going to need to score, in my opinion, between 35 and 42 points for them to win. And you better rebound because South Carolina kills it on the goal. page. Frank's absolutely right. What are you doing naming the best player in the country when you haven't even finished the season? I, it makes no sense whatsoever yep. to me. But uh, it's one player versus ten, and I'm not trying to make fun of Iowa, but I just think it's a case of where you've got such a deep team in South Carolina, and they've got a goal that's in their minds that's going to be uh, actually fulfilled in terms of having an undefeated season and uh, Iowa and Clark just cannot compete against this team for an entire game. Woody, dishing out the assist today. All right, and now on to the appetizer course. Kim Mulkey's LSU Tigers, they take on another one seed in the Virginia Tech Hokies, who didn't even win the ACC, but they find themselves here. Angel Reese versus Elizabeth Kitley, a high-intensity matchup. Frank, how does this one go to you? You know what? I give Virginia Tech a lot of credit. They've been a great story. It's a great contrast in styles because on the one hand, you have LSU. They score 50% of their points in the paint. Virginia Tech scores about 35% of their points from outside the arc. Plus, I'm also looking forward to see what Kim Mulkey is going to be wearing tonight. She had a crazy outfit the last game, but she is a great coach. LSU will have an edge because she knows exactly what she's doing in these big moments. Crazy outfit every game, Frank. Come on. Harry Lyles Jr., what are we doing? I know LSU and Kim Mulkey are two more recognizable brands and names in women's college basketball, but Virginia Tech has been better this year. In the regular season, in the tournament, they've yeah. been more consistent. You mentioned Kitley and Amor. They are going to be the ones that are going to carry this team. Angel Reese is going to have to have a really, really good game, almost a perfect game, I think, if they're going to come away with the win. Courtney Cronin? Angel Reese finally gets to match up with somebody who attacks the boards as well as she does, and Elizabeth Kitley, who recorded her 56th straight double-double. Isn't that a wild stat? And that was against Ohio State in the Elite Eight. Georgia Amor, a volume shooter, but when she gets going from three, that is a very dangerous shot to defend. I've got the hope. Woodrow Page. 
in Mulkey, I trust. I've actually spent some time with her and watched her coach, and I think she's going to make the difference in the game, that this is college basketball where the coach can influence the outcome. And in the second half, they are such a do- – again, like we saw with UConn, they're so dominant inside in the second half. I just don't think it's, it's going to be a tight game. LSU wins. She's got to prove herself at a new school. All right. Look at this. Look at the panel today. Good looking, folks. Quickly, women's final Sunday afternoon. Two words or less. Who's cutting down the net Sunday? Frank, start with you. SC. Harry? Give me two letters. Don Staley. Courtney? South Carolina. Woodrow? Me. Fire yourselves next, kiddos. <laughs> Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. It's time for a gut check when your team loses by nearly 20 to the Washington Wizards in March. Such was the case for the Celtics, who turned things around and bum-rushed the Bucks, holding Giannis and company to under 100 points in a 41-point beatdown. A bit of a tighten-up for the number one seed in the East. Frank, what are you buying or selling from the C's performance? When the Boston Celtics are right and healthy, they are the best team in the league. And everybody talked about a statement. This may be the bigger statement. They play tonight, and already Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Al Harford are listed as questionable. And you have Robert Williams is out. It's almost as if Boston is telling Milwaukee, remember we went into your building last year, won a game six elimination game? We're not worried about no stinking home court advantage and best record in the East. Harry Lauzunier. This was the perfect recipe for the Bucks to get absolutely annihilated in this game. One, because Giannis wasn't shooting, and then everybody around him wasn't shooting well. But when the Celtics have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both scoring 30 or more points in the game, they are 21-1. So it was literally just going to be a matter of how many points they were going to lose by last night. Courtney Cronin. 
Buying two things, the Bucks were playing their fifth game in seven days. I think fatigue factored in here. But also, Jason Tatum and the importance of him making his threes. Coming into this game, he was shooting under 30% from deep. He goes 8 of 10 from downtown on Thursday night. The Celtics, 16 and 1 when he makes at least five threes. That's important going forward. Woody. I'm taking from it that that Eastern Conference final series is going to be fantastic. I'm looking forward to that. The 76ers and the others can think about it. They actually, the, the Celtics and the Bucks are going to do it again. And I think the Bucks were looking ahead to the Pacers the night before rather than this game. <laughs> Moving along to baseball. If you don't know who Adley Rushman is, ah. get familiar. The Orioles catcher had five hits on opening day, the first time that's ever happened in history at the position. And shocker, Shohei Otani had 10 Ks and the Angels lost. If you're looking for the future answer of a trivia question by the by, Marcus Stroman recorded the first ever pitch clock violation. There were 14 total yesterday. Woody, what stood out to you most from opening day 2023? Well, the pace play, of course, but I want to concentrate on the stolen bases. I think Ricky Henderson may come out of retirement because there were 23 attempts yesterday and 21 successful stolen bases. I think between the new rules about the bigger bases that are closer, I think it's the second thing is that the pickoff throws are reduced. And the third thing you don't have in the with the shift, nobody's standing on second base waiting for you when you get there. Courtney Cronin. See that? Uh, see the name behind me? It says Chicago. Chicago teams are 2-0 and right now to start the season. And I look at what the White Sox did against the world champion Houston Astros, a team that has not lost a season opener since 2012. Dylan Cease had a tremendous outing. Pedro Grafal managed a good game in his first in his debut as the White Sox manager. And Andrew Vaughn with the big go-ahead hit late. Good outing. Airlock. Well, starting locally, the Max Freed injury four innings into the season for Atlanta is tough. It seems like the last handful of years they've just gotten unlucky with those early injuries. But Clinton, the real great trivia question is going to be Rafael Devers. You need to remember his name because he was the first player to get struck out from a pitch clock violation. I'm gonna, definitely going to – that's my biggest takeaway. Good point. Frank. <laughs> pace of the game was great. There was more action on the base pass as well. I love the fact that Aaron Judge used the San Francisco Giants as leverage to get a bigger deal from the Yankees. What happens in his first at-bat? Do you think they might, you know, rush him back? They groove a pitch over the plate, and he hits it out. Megan the Stallion's pitch in the Houston game had more Whoa. purpose to it than what the Giants did with Aaron Judge. I mean, Come on now. Frank, talking my language is Megan the Stallion. Moving along to the NFL. Lamar Jackson seems to be getting advice from everyone these days. Yesterday, former NFL cornerback Asante Samuel Sr. tweeted, quote, Lamar Jackson, my brother, trust me, you don't want to play for Bill Belichick. Tell us how you really feel. Jeez. Courtney, what do you think of this truth bomb from the former Patriot about his old coach? Big shock. Playing for Bill Belichick is not for everyone. That's all I take from this Twitter exchange. Frankly, though, Lamar Jackson would really thrive in an offense that's built off of a heavy running game where you can build a passing attack off of it. He played in a pro-style system at Louisville. Let's not forget that he's been in a system like this before where he's under center a lot. New England runs that offense, so maybe if they can somehow work out a deal to get Lamar Jackson, he has a new home. That's not Baltimore in 2023. Woody Page, you've seen a lot of coaches in your career. What do you think about this? (laughs) 
no, you shouldn't want to go play for the greatest coach in the history of the NFL that goes to the Super Bowl on a regular basis. I don't think it makes any sense for Samuel to reach out for a guy that won two Super Bowls under Belichick. Of course, he doesn't have the greatest personality in the world, but he is the best. You should want to play there if you're Lamar Jackson. Frank. It's absurd. We're trying to make a case that Bill Belichick's not a good coach. By the way, Asante Samuel won two Super Bowls with him. It would have been three, except it would have been a perfect season, except an interception that Eli Manning should have thrown went right through his hands. And he has the audacity to call himself pick six on his Twitter handle. Come on, Asante Samuel. Yeah, I definitely was kind of shocked, or not shocked by the fact that he said what he said, because I don't think any of us have ever looked over at New England and been like, hey, that looks like fun, like short of the winning. But I am <laughs> shocked that he did say this because you had the most successful years of your career with this team and under that right. system, and you won two Super Bowls. That piece of it just didn't make any sense to me. Uh, fair enough, but you know what? If folks don't like it, folks don't like it. Woodrow, see you later. I want to throw to the Harry, I love you. Your haircut looks tremendous. Francis. Court showdown. It's coming up next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8 SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Frank, Courtney, let's do this. Say it with me, y'all. Everyone loves Shohei. Love and Shohei. last night's gem, he called his own pitches on the pitch comm. He reversed the order. And then there was this play, Hunter Renfro. Snag, grab, or stab? Are you kidding me with this? No matter what, the wrong angle, but very nifty catch. Still not enough for the Halos, because they are the Halos. Courtney, what was more impressive to you? Everything Shohei Otani does is impressive, but I've got to go with the Hunter Renfro catch, making Willie Mays uh, have to earn that over-the-shoulder catch nod going forward. That was absolutely impressive. He didn't even see it. And even Shohei at the end was impressed by that one. Rick? Hunter Renfro looked so casual and looked like he knew exactly what he was doing. For me, that's one of the best catches I've seen since Kevin Mitchell running down out in foul territory, caught a ball with his bare hand. It's opening day. That could end up being the best catch of the season by Hunter Ryan. You're going to have a hard time convincing me otherwise. Point for both of you. Moving right along. MLB opening day, a day for love. Check out this dude jumping the fence at Dodger Stadium for a rogue proposal. Man. He gets on a knee, and what did she say? Well, we don't know, but they said no. Yikes. She did say yes later. What do you think they'll remember the most about last night, Frank? 
Could have been worse. Could have been on the Jumbotron. As they say in England, he's a pitch invader. As Woody Page once famously said, he wishes his friends had done that to him. Stay off the field. You can get severe punishment. Some would say, I'm not going to say it, some would say his punishment could be a life sentence. Courtney. Not me. I'm not saying it. Oh. I hope the proposal was worth it because they're probably not going to be allowed back into Dodger Stadium, at least for this season. As for the proposer, that right ear is going to be ringing for quite some time. Ten out of ten on the form tackle from the security guard. If I wanted to know what Woody Page proposer. this, I would have asked Woody Page. Guys, stop with the stadium proposals and stay off the field. Courtney Cronin, take the win. <laughs> Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright announced last October that this would be his final season. He wasn't able to pitch in his 18th opening day. He's starting the season on the injured list, but he showed off his pipes. He sang the national anthem. His music career is what he's going to start putting more time and effort into as his baseball career winds down. He's already started recording an album with a lot of original songs, country music, not my thing, Adam Wainwright's thing. Good on him for showing off his skills on opening day. That's going to do it, folks. Thanks for coming around. It's been a really fun time this week. I always enjoy doing this. We're on a 71 and a half an hour break. The other host back. Tony Rowell is coming back Monday. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.